Welcome in to the DNVR College Podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm and I'm here with Justin Michael. Uh, I, I just realized I, I shouldn't just be introducing Justin as the DNVR Rams writer because some of you are Rams listeners and I'm the DNVR Buffs writer, but uh, that's who we are. And uh, we have some fun things to talk about today. We're going to be talking about one idea for a 2020 college football season that would involve just pretty much restructuring everything. Uh, I think we're going to spend most of the time today talking about that. Um, really excited, but before we do, I have to tell you more about our great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped is an incredible service. They uh, provide all sorts of different products from trimmers to ball deodorant to ball toner to washing like soaps or body wash yeah exactly like something some of those things have like weird names but essentially what they do is clean you um just so many different things to keep you healthy keep you looking good smelling good and uh, if you go to manscape.com you can save 20 percent with the code dnvr20 and get free shipping as well it's a great deal hopefully you guys check them out i know i have been using my manscape products religiously the ball deodorant is just maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe the most important part of my morning routine. Dude, it's getting hotter. We're getting to that time of year where gentlemen, you got to make some, you got to make some adjustments. You know, it's not December. It's not November. We want to keep it fresh all day long. Ball deodorant, man. It's the way to go. It sounds weird. I know oh, ball deodorant. No, <laughs> this is life-changing 10 years from now. It's just going to be the norm. We're just going to be used to it. It's just going to be part of your daily routine. Love it. Love Manscaped. Make sure you get the lawnmower 3.0. Keep your Johnson nice and tight. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase it. My uh, so so right at the beginning of quarantine, I kind of went a little bit crazy, and I was like, "Wow, my leg hair is really long." And it started with me like trimming what what I was supposed to be trimming, and then eventually you get to the point where you're like, "Well, where?" what is the proper length of hair around my ankles? And I was way off and got it really short with my lawnmower 3.0. But now it's finally grown back to like the perfect length for leg hair. And I guess that means I should probably stop telling the story because nobody could look at my legs and wonder <laughs> what's going on. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great tool. Even if uh, it is prone to misuse, if you're bored and go a little bit out of your mind like I was. I think the point Henry is trying to make there is you can use it for other parts of your body, not just your private parts. I actually used it to shave the top of my feet, which I'm going to be honest, man, I have, I have ugly feet. I have huh. big feet. I'm tall. Like I'm pale <laughs> and white. Like it's just not a good combination. I was like, you want to know what? I'm going to, I'm going to trim the little bit of hair I have on the top of my feet. Made my feet look a lot prettier. Made me feel less self-conscious it was worth it. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes you got to experiment. Sometimes you make mistakes like Henry did. You go the full leg, you regret it. Sometimes you make self-discoveries like I did. And now I don't have ugly feet anymore. So if you want to, you want some feet pics, hit up my Venmo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we went to uh, the park. We went over to Cheeseman Park on Saturday, me and my roommate and a couple of friends and uh, played some spike ball. It was actually the first time I've like gone outside and done anything. And so my body just still aches two days later from me trying to move like that. It's actually weird. I think I'm having like a midlife crisis or something, realizing all the things that people say happen. Like now if I have two beers, 
I do feel it a little bit in the next morning, like people always said. Uh, it's kind of been a realization, but that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is I met a guy who had leg hair down to his ankles, super thick, and then just cut off. Like no hair on his feet, nothing. And so I had to ask, like, how do you make that happen? And apparently it's just natural. And then the conversation got turned into me cutting my hair um, with myself. And then somebody, his girlfriend or something asking me what I used and me saying a ball trimmer and, <laughs> and not <laughs> explaining. I don't even think she knows what I do because she's, they're like friends with my roommate. So that was a not so fun conversation. She thinks I'm crazy. Hey, we're trying to normalize male grooming here. So got to yeah. be loud. You got to be proud. You got to be willing to tell people about the products. If they, can't, if they can't look past it, that's on them. Exactly. And so that's, that's why I didn't try to justify it. Like, oh, well, I mean, I didn't want to talk about it. Like, I didn't say anything like that. I didn't say like, oh, I have to talk about it on a podcast. And so I'm used to it. So this isn't weird. I just kind of let it sit there. And there was a silence. And then the silence is over. And I think people were probably still thinking about it later on. but. It's a they part never of our said everyday anything. lives now. Like at this point, these products are things we use. We genuinely give them our stamp of approval. It's like yeah. you know, Breck and a, all the other stuff. I genuinely drink Breckenridge beers. I took a picture of my Breckenridge beer while I was out there. And those people were like, Twitter. what the hell are you doing? And I was like, well, I, I, was, I was taking a picture of my beer in my hat for Twitter. Like, duh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> That's such like a content creator thing. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just filing <laughs> and, off this content. Well, and I was like gone, like setting it up. And so I could only like faintly hear the conversation of somebody saying like, what is that kid doing now? Because they were like, my roommate's like 26 and they're all like 26, 27. And I just turned 23. And so I am kind of the child of the group. And so when I run away, set my beer down and try to like prop my hat up next to it and take a picture with a cool background, there's just that faint like, what is he doing? And then my roommate's saying, oh, that's for Twitter. And it's like... <laughs> Hey, the people that stick around in your life, they they just realize it becomes a part of you. Like, yeah, I I post pictures of things. I tweet what I'm doing. My life is on the internet. It's not. I don't know if I'm proud of it or what, but you know that's just how it is. That's, and my balls smell fantastic. And our and I'm proud. <laughs> I was gonna say, and our balls smell fantastic, but I don't want to validate. I don't know what Henry's balls smell like. Uh, yes, um, let's both just speak for ourselves when it comes to balls. I, that's, I think that's just the best way to handle it. And uh, speaking on that, I think we've talked about balls enough on this podcast. Yeah, we'll do it again next ball. week, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so college football. One of the ideas for a 2020 season, just because things are so weird, you know, it, it doesn't look good for California um, with, I believe, the system that UCLA is a part of. It's either UCLA or Cal is part of the Cal State or UC system. And they've already said they won't have students on campus for next year, which is pretty crazy. Um, but in other places, I mean, news today that New York thinks that they're close to having pro sports back um, without fans, but at least the sports are back. When it comes to college football, the big question is, how many teams do you really have playing? Are you only losing the California schools? Are you not? Are, are they finding a way to play remotely? Um, and somehow finding a way to play their season or, you know, worst case scenario, what if there's five, six, 10 States that uh, see teams that can't play? One option is to realign all the conferences. And that's the option we're talking about today. Um, 
essentially forgetting the Pac-12, forgetting the Mountain West, forgetting everything, and just grouping teams regionally that are able to play and having just a strange 2020 season where you could see Colorado, Colorado State, Wyoming, throw BYU in there, throw Utah in there, Boise. I mean, which which teams, I guess, Justin, here's the first question. Would you see this conference encapsulating? Okay, so... For the point of this exercise, like Henry said, we basically are operating under the assumption that California schools are not going to be in this league. Now, we don't know this. We don't know, like like Henry said, we just don't know how any of this is actually going to play out. But we do think that there will be college football, regardless of whether you know it's it's traditional or not. There will be some college football there's just too much money at stake. And because of that, I could see a situation where they go regional. Now, how you determine these regional schools, it gets kind of interesting because there's just such a disparity in like resources and that kind of stuff. But you would basically take the, the local schools from the Mountain West and the Pac-12, as well as an independent program in BYU, and you make a regional 10-team league of Colorado, Colorado State, Air Force, Wyoming, New Mexico, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Utah State, and BYU. With these 10 teams, it would be really feasible. Their every you know location is within driving. You don't have to worry about charter jets, especially if that's an issue with athletic, you know, budget cuts and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Everybody could play everybody rather easily. I do think, you know, there are a couple of programs that would be at a disadvantage. New Mexico Air Force, they just don't have the athletic budgets that you know someone like ASU is going to have CU it's it's going to you're going to have some disparity there but it's it's a pretty nice fix i think if you do have to go with some type of altered schedule i guess would be the way to phrase it yeah yeah and i think for me it would be a lot of fun to just take one year and say you know what we're not getting the season we expected you know, I, I went back and watched, let's see, I watched USC and Arizona State play. I think I watched UCLA play that Oklahoma game. And I've just been re-watching some of these teams. And I'm really excited to see a bunch of these teams play and, and specifically play the buffs. But if that can't happen, having a chance to actually compete with Colorado State, first of all, what a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, and then you throw in the other teams. Um and I think that it could be a lot of fun and there are going to be opportunities to do something like this in the future to just say, we're going to shake things up for one year. We're going to do a whole bunch of crazy whatever. So why not? Why not just pull the trigger? That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, obviously in, in an ideal world, CSU and CU, they play their 12 game schedules as scheduled no travel restrictions, you know, they don't have any issues going to the West Coast, none of that stuff. We don't know if that's going to happen. If you do go this way, I would just be so intrigued of the prospect of, you know, you could do like almost like little, not like a tournament, but like competitions, like because you only have 10 teams, everybody would basically play everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah, just go round robin. But, you know, you could do like a, a centennial obviously you have the centennial cup between cu and csu 
but you could do some type of like, I don't know, like some Rocky Mountain type thing where, you know, the winner of CU, CSU, Air Force, Wyoming, those four, like who finishes the best? Like you do something like that. You let the Utah schools, everybody plays each other. Who is the best Utah school versus the best Colorado school? And maybe if there's no bowls, those teams play each other. Like there are just a lot of, you know, weird little quirks you could throw in there. And I just love the idea of all these regional teams squaring off and giving people something to be excited about. Yeah. I wonder about the TV contracts. You know, there's going to be... it gets really weird. Yep. And so there's a bunch of different hurdles to this kind of thing. Um, one of the big ones is who gets to broadcast the games. So what makes it so tough is that the rights are already settled. Like, it's not like you're coming into this with a totally open market and saying, here are these games. You, you, the, like the PAC 12 has already promised games to Fox ESPN. Um, I think CBS, no, maybe CBS doesn't, but, but then do you say if it's a PAC 12 team hosting the game, then they get the broadcast rights. And if it's a mountain West team hosting a game, they get the broadcast rights. But then at the same time, now air force gets to play Arizona state. And that's a much better draw than a lot of the Mountain West teams that they would have played instead, making those Mountain West rights more valuable. Uh, have you seen like any solutions to that specifically? Or how would you shake it out? It, it would definitely take some compromise, I think, on both sides. If you're the TV partners, basically, if I'm the athletic, to, if I'm like the, the ADs in this situation and I'm pitching this to the, to the TV networks, we're like, look, we know we had these rights. We know what was agreed upon. We think these games are worth somewhat. We try and make it as even as possible. Give, you know, Fox as many primetime, like you said, ASU Air Force type matchups as possible. Give ESPN as many as possible. The one thing that could help with this one specifically is the Mountain West and Fo- is now on Fox along with the Pac-12. So you would have mm. some cohesion there. I know the Pac-12 does have ESPN games, um, it, it would take some compromise. And I think that's ultimately what's going to be the case with any type of college football season that's not traditional. It's going to take compromise from the schools. It's going to take compromise from the fans. And even, you know, the TV markets, the ad partners, everybody. I just think at the end of the day, I don't know how it, it would all come together. I just think they would find a way. Yeah. With the Pac-12, with the Pac-12 networks holding rights to three or four Pac-12 games a week. I mean, that that really does help. And you could probably throw some of those games in and say, well, Fox, you don't like the deal? Take three more games this season that you can broadcast. We'll give you the rights and sweeten the deal a little bit. So I feel like there's a way around that. Um, another interesting question, and this might be more so interesting for me because I'm a Montana Grizzlies fan, but I wouldn't mind seeing some upper-level FCS teams included. And let me explain why I think that might be reasonable. First of all, 98% of FCS football programs lose money. 98% of FCS football programs, according to, uh, I think USA Today did a story on that. Uh, Yeah, USA Today did a story about that um, a couple days ago. So when they're already facing all these budget cuts, it might be easier for some of those schools or a lot of those schools 
to say, you know what, we're just canceling those sports because it's irresponsible for us. And that leaves some of the bigger programs like Montana to say, well, we still want to play football. We make money playing football. Why can't we sneak in with this, this, this mountain conference that's starting up, even if we probably will be a bottom feeder? I mean, most FBS programs lose money, even so like, yeah. it's not, I, I am a little bit surprised that it's 98% that it's that high because with it being that high, it's kind of like, how do you even justify having FCS <laughs> football then? Yeah. Um, but that's like a whole other debate about the college system and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'd be intrigued by a, a program like Montana. I think they would be able to compete with the New Mexico's of the world. I think on any given season, they might even be able to give CSU or CU a, a run, maybe not for four quarters, but you know, I don't think it would be a situation where it's like a hundred to seven or something like that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they have respectable athletes. They play hard. I just, it, it would essentially, I think be the death of F- FCS football. If you do that, cause it would be tough to go back at that point. If you're Montana, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it would be. And you know, Montana in particular, they, they, talked about going there they were invited to the WAC back in 2010 2011 and decided against it because of the money that they would have to invest um just the so what's the scholarship limit it goes from i think 65 at the fcs level and then you have to pay essentially 20 more scholarships and that's tough to do at the fbs level um, they would probably have to, they, they have 26, 27,000 seats in the stadium. They probably have to, have to a little bit. throw something on there. They do have the lights, which was a big problem before. Um, so they would struggle with some of that stuff and maybe they would want to go back to the big sky after, but it kind of just depends on how many teams want to play. And, and maybe if, if at the, Pac-12 level, or, or it would probably start at the group of five level. The Mountain West says we have Fresno State that can't play. We have two other teams that can't play. What if we just sub in a couple of members who can play? And that's where you could get to Montana, Montana State, because they're kind of in that region, could play up for a year if the big sky doesn't look like it's going to have enough teams. It's definitely worth like considering the this is going to kind of contradict, I guess, what I what I just said with the not wanting to go back, but it's a perfect time to be able to experiment just because like you said earlier, you know, when else would you have the opportunity if Montana did this and they just totally bomb, like let's say they lose every single game and just get their ass kicked every single week. Then, well, lesson learned. We're going back to the FCS after this. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's only one of the schools, you know, what, what would happen if James Madison or North Dakota state, or, you know, there, there'd probably be maybe 10, 15, 20 FCS schools max, I think, that would want to play this season and play up for a year. Maybe the, you could just replace a bunch of the schools that didn't have football teams. I don't know. I think it could be a lot of fun just having some new blood to look at because uh, we don't get to see much of the FCS versus FBS teams. You know, there's there's like the handful of games at the beginning of the season, but neither team knows what to expect. I mean, last year, Montana played Oregon. I don't know that anybody on that roster had played an FBS team before. And so it's just kind of a shock, but to get to spend a whole season and see what it actually looks like, it it could be a blast. It could be. 
One thing that I think we at least have to address since we're doing this kind of like regionally based, you would have people being like, well, how do you let Montana in and then you don't let Northern Colorado in, especially with, Mm. you know, now Northern Colorado does not make a lot of money historically with athletics. So they could be one of those departments that just ultimately decides, hey, this isn't worth it. So maybe, maybe if that happens, that obviously takes them out of the equation altogether. Um, but you know, it, it would be intriguing. I, I'd love them to at least play, even if you didn't, even if you didn't actually have them in the league. Like I would love it so that you know you have a ten game schedule against all these other teams. Make it so that every other you know your your two other games are against Montana and and Northern Colorado or something like that. Yeah, and you know the the Buffs have a, a non conference game scheduled against Fresno State. They have conference games scheduled against USC, UCLA, Stanford. So that's that's four four games right there. Four games against California teams. Maybe a solution is instead of saying you need to win six games or whatever, there are all these regulations. You have to win half your games. Only one can be against an FCS school, I think is how that's actually worded. But maybe they just say you have to win half of however many games you play against FBS schools. And you play as many FCS teams as you want, but those just don't even factor into the FBS equation or the bowl game equation. The bowl game equation. Well, and and that's even assuming that we have bowls. I mean, if depending on how this all plays out, it could be, I could see a situation where it's just like we did what we could to salvage college football. But, it, I mean, we're talking about TV rights and stuff. All those bowl games have TV rights. They have conference affiliations tied in to where, like, you know, if you're the Rose Bowl, all of a sudden mm-hmm. half the Pac-12 can't play. Do you still take the Pac? Like, is it still predetermined that it's the Pac-12 versus the Big 10 in that situation? Yeah, like, that's it, those those bowls are going to be tough. And And I'm not sure how to think about it because, you know, the first thought is, well, the point of the bowl was kind of that it's like a vacation. You get all your alumni, your boosters get to go out there, watch the game. It's kind of built for the fans. There's a whole bunch of like extra stuff that's going on outside the stadium. If you can't have fans, what's the point of a bowl game? But then you remember most bowl games don't really have that many fans anyway. Yeah, that's, I mean, the whether like bowl games should still happen is like a whole other debate <laughs> that we could go into. Um, Maybe it's expanded playoff. Like a big you could. one. It, it, you could. It's just my questions with the expanded playoff always come down to, well, how does that impact conference title games? Because I think you pretty much have to eliminate them yep. because you just can't expect them to play that many games. You know, what kind of qualifiers do you have? Do you include the G5? Is it the winner of every Power 5? I mean, these are all things that get brought up in every debate for the expanded playoff. But just especially given the fact that we might not have traditional leagues. Mm-hmm. Do you even, do you try and determine a national champion or is it like a weird situation where you just accept the fact that there isn't one? I mean, there are people that are having that same debate with like the NBA and the NHL right now. Like, is it really worth coming back to have this playoffs after not playing for two months or like at some point do you just accept there was no champion for this year? Yeah. And what gets me about the NHL and the NBA is that they're really shortening their off season. And that's something I don't want to see with college football. I don't want to see a situation where 
we're still watching college football in February because that's when you start to run into real problems. Um, and then if you get into late February, then, I mean, you're, you're having guys who just can't justify playing two months before the draft. Like you just cannot do it. Like playing in a bowl game in December is one thing, but you're losing an extra two months of recovery and rehab and strength building and all that stuff. Plus I think a lot of guys would want to just build up strength and build for the combine during those last couple of weeks of the season anyway. And so that's why with the NHL and the NBA, I say, just cut it off. If, if you start up again, you're going to be playing into August, maybe September, and then you typically start in October. And I guess maybe the NBA, if they actually want to start in December going forward, then it could kind of make sense for them. But that's a whole different topic. With college football, I think that there's actually uh, an opportunity here to test out. Like, uh, you know, the FCS has a 2014 playoff. They play a 12-team or 12-game season, and then top eight teams get buys uh, basically into the round of 16, and the other guys have to play before that. I think you could try something like that out, out this year if you cancel non-conference play. If you just said everybody's playing a conference schedule, you're playing your eight games, your nine games, and then we're going into a 24-team playoff. And we're going to see what happens. And if you guys want to, in your own head, say there's an asterisk by this one, feel free. If you don't, then don't. But everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows that we did the best we could to have a champion. And then by having 24 teams, you say winner of every conference gets in. Who knows? Maybe the, the two most profitable conferences you know the missouri valley conference and the big sky conference in the fcs you let them in too because they're not going to have anybody to play after the season um and then and then wild cards you know i i think that with the expanded playoff you just give yourself so much wiggle room and you have the opportunity to do it because it's the same number of games if you just cut non-conference play this one intrigues me the reason i struggle with it is i feel slightly hypocritical one because I, I'm one of the people, I actually don't think that an expanded playoff is necessary in the current, you know, iteration of college football. Um, so then for me to be like, go from four to 24, like <laughs> it would basically be going against everything I've argued only under the fact that I've just basically said, I think there's maybe one or two teams since the playoff has started that legitimately deserved a chance to play for the title and got left out. Other than that, it's pretty much been like the right teams have made it every year. I just don't see what you get out of making Clemson and Alabama play some of these teams. Like they're going to win 50 to 10. Like what is the point? But also, you know, I understand more college football, more opportunity for revenue. These are all things that they're going to consider. And then like with this year specifically, I wouldn't fight it just because I'm like, I just want college football, whatever they can do to make this work so that we have double digit amount of college football games for every team. And we get a season and we get content and we get to all that kind of stuff. I'll support it. Yeah. And I just think that there are a couple different ways you could go about this. You could just try to make it as close to a normal season as possible. Or I just think that's going to be hard with so mm -hmm. many States on such drastically different pages. Especially, yep. I mean, we're we're especially impacted by this because we cover the Pac-12 in the Mountain West, yeah. being West Coast, like Oregon, California, Washington. These are the states that are taking mm -hmm. the strictest stances when it comes to, you know, social distancing crowds, all of that thing. Schools even coming back. 
I, it just, I have a hard time seeing like the, the Pac-12 come like all the way together. Yeah. Yeah. But also like, there are just so many factors, like maybe they play out of state. I don't like the Raiders have a new stadium. Like maybe, (laughs) maybe USC plays their games at the Raiders new stadium. I don't, I don't know. Let me tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge is of course the official beer of DNVR. Right now they need our help to keep the farmhouse kicking during this time. If you order a meal or beer from the farmhouse, use the code DNVR, save $5 off. Nice, super clutch. All you got to do, call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for your pickup order. They'll even bring it right out to your car for you. If you're like me, you're in Fort Collins, you can't really get down to the metro area right now. We're all in lockdown. That's okay, because I can still order some Breck beers directly to my house through the Drizzly app. Super clutch, beer right to my door. This is the future, people. This is the future. The 15-can sampler is the best bet for variety. Get a little bit of Avalanche Ale, maybe some Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter, whatever your fancy is, you'll have beer for everybody. That's the nice thing about Breck. They have just such a beautiful variety. Finally, if you want to get out of your house, you want to go support a local liquor store, you just want to get in there for a second, you can use the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store near you It'll tell you exactly where it is, uh, where you can find all those delicious Breck brews. Shout out to Breck. We love those guys. What would you, would you be more surprised if we did something regional like this or if like teams were playing out of state, like going elsewhere at the college level, not the pro level? So that's a tough question because there are some pretty big barriers in the way of making either option work with uh the regional conferences you have to get out of the normal conferences you have the tv contracts you have like this setup but i think you could manage getting through all those things especially if that's one of the options they've been talking about for two months now they'd have some sort of idea of what that could look like and so when they get the call that usc and ucla and cal and stanford and Oregon and Washington and like whoever can't go, they can say, okay, all of a sudden we are on to this plan that we have kind of had written up. We have the key points. We'll have to fill some things out. I think they can make it happen. Bringing college students to a different state is a lot tougher to do. Um, and are you so, doing this every week? Like, is, is this a situation and, where it's like, are we just like quarantining somewhere like in the state of Nevada for the six months? Cause that doesn't seem very realistic. And that's the question. And so I was on calls with all the PAC 12 coaches last week, you know, Justin Wilcox from Cal said, well, he wouldn't say where he's been looking at going, but he did say that they've been looking at playing in some different places. Um, just because that might be the best option. Mario Cristobal at Oregon said that they had talked about doing something like a remote camp where all of August they'd bust the entire team to, I don't know, somewhere in Idaho, somewhere in Montana, really. I guess they could um, because it's just mostly unaffected. Um, like I, Washington State, Nick Rolovich said, we're in Washington and we're following all of the Washington rules about this and things were really bad in Seattle. But in the county where uh, Pullman is, Washington State is, there have been 19 cases. You know, like, and so there's all these different things. But I, I think that moving a camp to somewhere for a month, you could do. I think that playing games 
remotely you could do. If you said USC, you're busing to Vegas every weekend for a home game. I think you could make it happen as long as California's laws allowed them to practice in California. I don't That's think you the could thing is yep. how, do, how do you have practices if you don't have students on campus? Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what it's going to come down. That's going to be the greatest like impact on all of this, to be honest. There has to be some form of on-campus. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean have, like school doesn't have to be like normal. There just has to be that option. But if it's only digital remote learning, I just, I don't, I don't really see how you make that work. And as we speak, uh, California's governor just said that the state could see pro sports return by the first week of June without fans. So maybe so, California's so me, fine. <laughs> and all of this was pointless. Yeah. Um, you love those in the middle of a podcast. Oh, look, they did trade him. So the conversation doesn't matter. No, you know, I think that's probably realistic. The The truth mm-hmm. is like we said, there's so much money at stake that the, uh, the idea of like, especially if college football was proceeding that like UCLA and USC would just be fine with sitting back and being like, well, sucks that our state, you know, said no. And I guess we're just taking that loss. Like that's just not going to happen. Like these people are connected. You know, that it's maybe not like a great, um, it maybe doesn't make our country look all that great, but the the reality (laughs) is like these, they have sway, you know, like the, the people running these universities, and they are going to do whatever they can to make it work. So whether it's California schools only playing California schools or, you know, whether it's that just doesn't seem that likely to me anyways, but no, they're going to make it work somehow, some way we will have some form of college football. I'm confident. I just just feel confident about that. Like maybe that's the optimist in me, but also, I mean, like we said, like it's just too much money to give up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's so much money. And I think for me, the, the thought process is if you can't get everything to work the way you want it to work, then make sure that you aren't just taking your lumps and trying to get as close to normal as possible. Like if it's not going to happen, if you can't get everybody to play, if the PAC 12 isn't going to work, then Then use this year as an opportunity. Like, like, Come away with some positives from this. Say you tried a 16-team playoff, a 24-team playoff, and say, oh, wow, that was actually incredible. Maybe there were some upsets. Maybe we do like that it's like, uh, you know, the NFL where it isn't just about which team is the best in the regular season. You can get hot in the playoffs and make a run. Maybe we like that. Or maybe we say, no, that's not college football. Let's just go back to the four teams. They were right about it. And at least you come away with some knowledge about something like that. You know, maybe they try some weird FCS stuff, see if they can incorporate things. I, I don't know, but, but come away on the other side feeling like you use the opportunity the way the NBA likely will. They have been talking about trying to start the season in December. That way they aren't competing with football for the first two, three months of the season. So why not finish your NBA finals in August, September and say, well, guess we're starting in December now. Well, first off, I'm going to respond to both of these things separately, but the the NBA should start in December. That's just something that should happen. Basketball all summer, not competing with the NFL makes way more sense to me. And competing with early season baseball. Which is regional. It's a different product, Mm -hmm. you know? So you would dominate the national, the national media. You'd have tons of attention. There's nothing like, there's no network TV on in the summer. So you have a, you know, you, you could really just dominate. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
with the college stuff, you're never really going to have an opportunity to get this creative again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like with the way that these contracts are so set in stone, TV rights, all of that, a lot of that stuff, you don't really have flexibility in a normal year. You might have a little bit of wiggle room this year. And that was kind of what the point of this entire thought exercise was, was get creative, do something interesting, do what you can to salvage the best college football season possible. But it doesn't necessarily have to be what we know. It doesn't have to be, you know, the traditional format. Just give us something. Yeah, and I typically am more of a traditionalist when it comes to sports, less so with college football. But, you know, I, I, I like having DH in one league and not in the other. You know, that's I just the too. way the game has always been. And that, we really don't need to get into that. But it's the same thing with, like, I, I don't like that they added another playoff team in the NF, NFL. I don't like a lot of these different changes that are going on. I like things staying the same. Like, it's the history of it all. That's the whole point of the sports. But... With college football, obviously you have the crazy tradition. Like it is all about the regular season. It is all about earning your way to be top two going into the end of the season. Now top four and there's some shifting and all of that sort of thing. It's, it's about your conference and all these old entrenched rivalries. There's a very specific path that you have to take to get to the end of the year. You can't afford more than one or two losses. You know, you have to be strategic in how you schedule these non-conference games, giving yourself opportunities. There's just so many things that you're so traditionally strapped into that you could just say, you know what? We just can't do it this year, but we can do something else. And who knows, maybe we'll like some pieces of it. I, I agree. It's just given us a, a chance to like really explore some different areas. And that's, I mean, that kind of ties in with like the college football thing. It's, it's a chance to explore right now. It's a chance to look into some things that you wouldn't have normally looked into. Which is exactly what DNVR has done. Like, not to flex too hard on it, but when we're talking about this stuff, it's just like, oh, yeah, now we do gaming, we do the DMVR watches, we do all these different things that I feel like we could have been doing before, but nobody had, like, the time to get six people together and sit down and just talk through what it actually looks like. And now it's all going, it's working. And it's been kind of terrible for DNVR, obviously, that this is happening, but at least there are some bright points that come out of it. And I think that that's the same thing that can happen with college football, if everybody plays their cards right and just says, let's get away from tradition, let's just forget tradition for one year because it's just not going to happen that way, but it will be back the next year. Just try, just try some fun new things and see what happens. Yeah, just don't sit around and sulk about it. I mean, nobody wants sports and like traditional sports, like all the team sports, the stuff we normally... Mm -hmm talk about to come back more than us at dnvr hell we tried to open a freaking sports bar the week sports got shut down so like what were the odds yeah i don't even want to get into that but like the, <laughs> obviously you know we want sports back but you know we're we're doing what we can we're trying to turn lemons into lemonade i guess which is a cliche but it's really is what we're doing you know we're doing the gaming the dnvr watches so make sure that you're supporting all of that uh, make sure that you support the 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 podcast the individual podcasts i should say the buffs pod the rams pod the dnvr sports pod the nuggets as broncos all that stuff keep up with it subscribe we love you guys and we'll be back with another version of the college pod either later this week or next week we're going to try and lock down a more definitive schedule i think yeah we are and on that next podcast what are we doing justin 
we are going to finish up our like fantasy draft of all time Rams and Buffs. Or it's not all time. It's since 2000. We drafted our offenses last week. We're going defense. I'm going to throw some curveballs at Henry. I hope he's ready. Well, I'm going to throw some fastballs at you, and I'm about to win. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man.